Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Welcome into this week's episode of The Grid. Number 42 for Jackie Robinson, but we won't be talking much baseball. We're talking a little baseball at the end of the show, but we're focusing on football. We still got seven on seven going on, and we're going to jump right into it because one of our local teams, Victoria East, was in action this week. And Jeremiah, as you know, you're our Victoria East guy. You were out there. Uh, you focused. This time around, you focus on the defense, new defensive coaches, new head coach, new scheme, new a lot. What did you see from the from the Titan defense on uh, on on Monday? Yeah, well, I think uh, whenever you go into a season with a bunch of new coaches uh, on the defensive side alone, they got a new deep coordinator and a few uh, de- defensive line coaches. So um, it's obviously going to take some time for players to you know get used to the new system. So that was kind of what I um, you know was focusing on talking to the players about. And you know, with uh, with uh, defensive coordinator Wayne Condra, um, the players were telling me that he brings a little bit of a different style, uh, you know, compared to what they had last season. Um, so yeah, just you know, seven on seven, it, it's a time for them to learn the defensive schemes, learn some plays, and kind of get accustomed what uh, you know what Coach Condra likes on on that side of the ball. And um, you know, just based off what they were doing on on Monday, uh, they had a few uh, big plays. Uh, Joe Soto who He's going to be a rising senior. He had an interception in, in one of the seven-on-seven seven games. So it's definitely a few good signs for Coach Condrit and what his players were able to do, uh, you know, in seven-on-seven. Seven. What are some of the changes that they're making? Just, you know, I guess a little excess nose here, but like scheme-wise, what what are the differences we're going to see when the Titans take the field in the fall? I think, uh, you know, just look, just going back on last season, the, their secondary really struggled a lot. That was one of the areas of the team where – where, uh, you know, they gave up a lot of yards and kind of got in, into some trouble sometimes. So uh, I think for Coach Condra and, you know, the new guys that they have, it's going to re- be really focused on the secondary and whatever, um, you know, what, what hopefully that what they'll be able to accomplish and kind of limit some some big plays and, you know, that's because that's how the, the Titans got behind in a few games last season. All right, I have a rule on the show. We're not allowed to talk about Victoria East football if we don't talk about the quarterback battle. Um, so give us kind of an update on that. It, you know, are they sharing snaps equally? Is one guy pulling ahead? What What do you see in the quarterback battle out there? Yeah, well, this uh, this this latest seven on seven uh, session that I was at, uh, Partita, he took most of the snaps from the uh, from from that in that first game. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember if Coley got there late or something, but uh, Coley played a, a few series in the second game. Um, but I mean, it was, uh, it was kind of what you expect, what we've been seeing, you know, these past few weeks, uh, it just takes a, a little bit of time for them to get acclimated to, to, you know, the system, um, you know, a few overthrown balls here and there, uh, maybe an interception too, but I think it's just, uh, you know, just, just time for them to get accustomed to their new, uh, players and new system. The, uh, what, what, I mean, just the two of them out there, what's it look like? Uh, what, you know, what, what's it looking like between the two? Is any, do you think anyone separated themselves or do you think it's still a neck and neck competition at this point? Well, I think just based off what I saw on, um, on Monday, I think it's, I wouldn't be surprised if Partita had a little bit of a, an advantage just cause I think he's been taking more snaps and more series, but I mean, uh, 
Coley was out there. He threw a, a nice touchdown pass. Uh, you know, the right side of the field probably, was probably like 35 yards or something like that. So, um, so you know, they're both out there making plays. I think think it's just going to come down to who performs the best mm -hmm. throughout the rest of the summer. What uh, Coach Reeve does he give you any inclination in what way, or is it just uh, you know business as usual? I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't talk to uh, Coach Reeve this last time. I talked to all the defensive guys, but. I mean, uh, you know, just based off what I've done, it seems like he's, uh, you know, he's keeping it pretty tight there, and he wants both of those guys to, you know, be able to execute without kind of the uh, outside distraction or, or competition of, uh, you know, QB competition. Yeah, you got the QB battle. I'm over at Victoria West. They, uh, they got, they got. I think their quarterback set in stone. Uh, mm -hmm. Although I saw Kamari throw the ball, and I know their quarterback set in stone after yeah. watching him. I think they like him at running back. Uh, yeah. We're going to come back. Mike was out at a State 7-on-7 seven seven this week in College Station. He had a nice, cool afternoon over there. Definitely wasn't like 120 degrees out on that turf. We're going to hear a message from White Trash Services and be back with Mike and Jeremiah here on episode 42 of The Grid. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do you all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. All right, we are back on episode 42 of The Grid, and... Uh, Mike, have you recovered from the heat in College Station yet? It, you know it's bad in the state of Texas when the state seven-on-seven seven tournament gets canceled, gets postponed due to heat, yeah. and we're that's something we're used to here. So when it's that hot, it's a it's a big deal. Yeah, there was actually a delay, a heat delay, which I have never seen before, and uh, it was weird though. Uh, they started up about fifteen or twenty minutes later, and as far as I could tell, it hadn't gotten any cooler. <laughs> But uh, one thing they did do because of the heat is they there's a few turf fields there, and they moved games off the turf field so they could play on grass, which uh, obviously it's not as hot. I don't want to say it's cooler, because but it's <laughs> not as hot. It, it was miserable for those kids. Uh, there's no two ways around it. But uh, give them credit. They all went out there and played. Uh, I think uh, of all our the four teams we had there, uh, Goliad, Bay City, Tidehaven, and Ganado, I'd have to say the most impressive was Tidehaven. Um, they, uh, they look good. They have a lot of good athletes. Um, obviously, unfortunately for them, they can't run the ball with mm -hmm. Joseph Dodds because I'm sure they would have liked to have done that. 
but they've got some receivers. Uh, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with. And um, I think, uh, you know, I know they were disappointed they lost to Poth, when, and that was kind of a rematch of that uh, regional final last year, which Poth beat them in that. Um, but uh, they got down to the two-yard line. They had a uh, interference call on Poth, which set them up first and goal at the two. And they had uh, four straight uh, incompletions. Uh, third down was kind of uh, unfortunate. They, they ran a little uh, corner route where the guy gives it a little inside fake and goes to the corner. Mm-hmm. He would have been wide open, but he slipped coming oh, out of his break. Man. So that, that was that. And a seven on seven, yeah. that just kills the play right there so, on one read yeah. like that. So uh, and then on fourth down, they threw a pass in the end zone. The receiver caught it, Justin Griffith, who's a big guy. And, man, he's going to be a load. Uh, but the ref ruled he came down out of bounds. It was uh-huh. very close. But So give credit to Poth. I believe Poth went on to the championship game where it ended up uh, losing to uh, to Hitchcock. I think that was Poth and Hitchcock. Uh, maybe not. Maybe that was – no, it wasn't because that would have been uh, Division Two. But Poth uh, – Poth is very interesting because they run kind of what I would call not really a slowdown, but they would take the clock down on every play, Mm -hmm. so they limited the number of snaps. Uh, Bay City, a lot of good athletes, uh, promising, got to cut out mental errors, a lot Mm -hmm. of mental errors on defense. I know um, I was sitting uh, near some of their coaches, uh, especially Byron Jones, who you might remember – was on Bay City's championship team and played at Texas A&M. Uh, and he, I think he was about to have a heart attack with all the uh, mental errors they were making. But, but that's what this is for, like in the summertime, because you make mistakes, you correct them when you – you go back to practice. Well, well, little does Byron know they weren't actually errors. The kids just wanted to get out of the heat, so they uh, were making mistakes. No, they were mistakes. <laughs> so, uh, Ganado, uh, I give it to them because uh, – you know, I'd said this before, they had like 11 uh, players there. Mm-hmm. And, man, that means that your guys are going both ways. Right. And, uh, boy, in that heat. But they, uh, you know, they won a game on uh, both days. So, yeah. uh, you know, they showed up. I know um, Coach Josh Irvin told me they were a little disappointed because last year they won their first game on the second day. And their goal was to win one, at least one more, and they didn't do it. But uh, And then Goliad, uh, they struggled. Um, but I, I don't think that was that much of a surprise. One reason was uh, their pool was all uh, 4A teams. Okay. And uh, including in those 4A teams was Silsby. So uh, Quero can tell you the kind of athletes that Silsby yeah. has. But uh, – they're, they've got some things to work out. I think they're going through a little bit of a change in their offensive approach. And, of course, they're, they're going to have a new quarterback, which will most likely be Colby Rosenquist. Uh, they did use Cord Zamzow some on the second day. But uh, they're, they're, it's just going to take them, uh, I think, a little while to get things together. Yeah, when you, when I saw you on Saturday after you had come back, the, one of the first things you said was like, "Man, Tidehaven." After after you told us about the heat, uh, like Tidehaven, they looked really good, and I was 
almost shocked, not because Tidehaven isn't good. Clearly they are, but obviously Dodds is such a big part of their offense. You can't run the ball in seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah. That's what they want to do. Was it surprising at all to you that they were that good in seven-on-seven seven, given how big of a part of their offense the running game is? Uh, not really. They they play seven-on-seven, seven and they've been in the state tournament quite a bit. Uh, they uh, they try What they try to do, which is what a lot of teams do, is they – they run their regular offense in seven-on-seven, seven, their regular passing offense. They don't put in plays for seven-on-seven, seven, which, for instance, like uh, when you get down to the goal line, obviously like a, a stop route or something is your best bet because it's hard for that DB to come up on you that fast if you just have a couple of yards and the quarterback can just kind of throw it in there. But they didn't run that. So, uh, you know, they were running their offense. So uh, I wasn't really surprised. Um, they have some uh, positions to take a look at. I think at corner they're going to have to look. And some of their receivers are uh, kind of inexperienced. So uh, that I think that was the best part that uh, their quarterback, Cale uh, Russell, is a sophomore. <laughs> He got a chance to kind of, you know, get his timing down with his receivers. Yeah. Well, that'll do it for the state seven-on-seven seven portion of the show. Mike Foreman, he's, you know, he was melted out there. So we're still we're still working on putting the pieces back together for our Valiant Sports Editor here at The Advocate. We have one more message coming up here from Thrivent Financial. We're going to talk some Victoria Generals afterwards. Stay tuned. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent financial advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. All right, and we're back with episode number 42 of The Grid, and we're going to talk some Victoria Generals, the Texas Collegiate League, uh, some summer baseball here in Victoria out at Riverside Park, and uh, the Generals have been hot lately. They've won, they, you know, they've won their last three. They're playing pretty well. You know, They cycle through kids in the summer. The group they have right now looks pretty good. I was out there last night, you know, got a chance to sit down with Reed Spenrath for the game. Uh, former El Campo kid, former Texas A&M Aggie, former TCU <laughs> Horn Frog, now a former New Mexico Lobo. And uh, as he touched my first time here, I, you know, came here from New Mexico. So we had a nice long conversation about the merits of green and red chili. <laughs> and uh, then Coach Oros told us we had to actually do the interview. And then we got down to business. Uh, but... Reed Spenrath, he's been – he joined the team a little late, I think about, you know, probably 10 days into the season. Since he's come in, the offense has really exploded. He, he's tied for the team lead in RBIs. The, the, the TCL – I was going to say TLC. The TCL All-Star Game is coming up, uh, you know, uh, next week, next Wednesday. All-Stars will get announced tomorrow. Um, Spenrath probably will be on that All-Star list. There will probably be a few generals on that All-Star list. But they're playing really well, Jeremiah. You've you've uh, you've had a chance to go out to a couple of generals games yourself. What do you see out there? Because I see, you know, I talked to Oros in the preseason, and he said we we have these traditions, we have different things we want to do, build a camaraderie, and 
I feel like now you're really starting to see that all come to fruition. What do you see when you go out and see the Generals? Yeah, well, uh, just, you know, starting off earlier in the season, they started off on a long road trip, so that's why they kind of struggled uh, a little bit at the beginning. And like you mentioned, that they're getting some players like Spinrath who can really shine on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so I kind of see the same thing that you saw, is just guys who can hit the ball. Um, they have, uh, you know, a few great pitchers. Uh, not, uh, one of them is UHV pitcher Brady uh, Brady Parker, who played Victoria East. So, you know, they have some guys that can go out there and, you know, pitch well, hit the ball well. And I think, uh, y- you know, coming off of last season where what they made the, the championship game, it's, uh, you know, it's got to be good for Coach Orioles to have his guys, ha- you know, have this much success early on. Yeah, they're. I, I tell you, I've gotten a chance to spend a little bit of time around them, and they're they're a very relaxed group out there. Which I think that's just baseball in general. It's always a kind of relaxed crew, but that, that's a fun group they have over there. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Jack Hagen from last night's game, starting pitcher coming from UT Arlington. Complete game, two hit shutout against the uh, Seguin River Monsters. And I mean, I got the Generals in this league. I mean, the name with all the other names we got. We got the Cane Cutters. We got the River Monsters. We got the Bombers. We got the uh, the Rugaru. I mean, the gen- the generals just you know a little bit. Di- it's like they don't even belong. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, Hagen yesterday complete game, two hit shutout. Absolutely, you know, was outstanding on the mound, and they. Uh, it, it's been you know the generals have been fun to have around, have been fun to have around here this summer, and you know Orioles told me they'll go up, go through up to sixty players as uh, the summer progresses and we've kind of seen that already they've got kids going in and out uh you know parker he's about to you know he threw a lot with uhv this year so he's about to come out i think they're getting one more uhv kid and as we'll go through the summer but it's been uh, it's been fun for the generals and mike we were talking earlier this uh earlier today you know top two make the uh top two guarantee in the first half top two guaranteed a spot in the postseason we're coming up on the halfway mark and the generals are currently sitting in second place and every time i talk to him it's we we want to get back to the championship game want to get back to the championship game talk about you know how this team must be feeling right now because they've been in the championship game back-to-back years and haven't been able to get the job done and now now it's all about getting back yeah well it, it you know you always i always look at summer ball i mean obviously these guys want to win they want to win the championship but they're here for a reason, and that's to develop their game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, they're also using a wood bat, which is different than mm-hmm. what they do at college. But, I, you know, they want to win. Uh, you, that's kind of what you look for as a group that has that kind of desire to mm-hmm. win. But at the same time, you know, uh, Oros knows this. He, he's got to be, give them the playing mm-hmm. time they need but not play him too much. So he's kind of a balancing act yeah. between wanting to win but wanting to give them the development that they need so that they can go back to school and, you know, become a better player. Yeah, I got to say, I like Coach Oros because he's a Sam Houston State Bearcat. Yeah. But he, uh, you know, go Cats. Um, but <laughs> he is, I mean, you could, you've kind of seen him, or at least I have kind of seen him throughout the season really just start to – you know, he, he knows what his team is now. You come into the first part of the season, even though, he, you know, he scouts these guys, he recruits these guys, you know, strengths and weaknesses. You got a feel for what they can do. You have guys who don't even know each other's names. Yeah. You, I mean, I don't even know if the pitcher-catcher knew each other the first week of the season, and now they've kind of settled into, you know, there's kind of some roles on this team. Now I was talking to, you know, Spenrath yesterday, and I – 
he had said, you know, we got 40 liters out here and maybe that's a little bit, uh, maybe that's a little bit on the high end, but it's, you can kind of see all these, uh, all these guys starting to slot into slot into their spots. But, uh, I think that'll do it for our 42nd episode of the grid. Uh, Mike and Jeremiah are going to leave me by myself next week. So I think we'll be doing something here on the show, but, uh, my goal is just not to burn the place down and give them something to come back to. Uh, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of The Grid. Hope you guys tune in once again, and uh, happy 4th of July to all, to all of you out there.